Good morning, everybody. This is the Marcus Today members podcast on the 2nd of November, Thursday. General advice only, not to be confused with advice suited to your personal financial circumstances. Well, what an interesting night. The Fed meeting has kicked off a new mood in the market, certainly a new mood at Marcus Today. Just to give you the main points, they left rates unchanged as expected, unanimous decision, but that is the second interest rate pause on the trot. So two months or two meetings of pauses means that the last time they raised rates was in July. So rates have effectively been on hold since July. And now we're beginning to think they may have actually peaked last July. The usual prudent hawkishness was not really apparent. The meeting was seen as therefore dovish, raising hopes that the Fed have seen their last rate rise. Powell also started talking about market yields, which is real world interest rates beginning to, and this is the quote, show through. In other words, real world borrowing costs have lagged official rates, but the suggestion is that they are now catching up and the Fed can step back whilst real interest rates or real world interest rates start to do the work. And just to point out, since the July rate rise of 25 basis points, bond yields in the US have actually risen 1%. So as one strategist says, with the 10-year bond yield at a 15-year high, the highest since 2008, that means the long end of the curve is doing the work for the Fed, which suggests that the Fed will now be patient with any further interest rate rises and let the market sort itself out. The other little element to this meeting was the comment that the economy remains, remains, US economy remains surprisingly strong. You'll remember they recently had a GDP number for the third quarter, which saw the economy up 4.9%, which is or was the highest in two years and clearly means that rather than rotate straight from worrying about inflation to worrying about recession, we have a sort of Goldilocks period where there is no recession whilst inflation has slid into the background. So a good meeting. By the way, they upgraded the description of economic activity from last month's solid pace to strong pace. So recession risk lowered. On the back of all that, what did the markets do? Well, the bond yields dropped sharply. The 10-year bond yield in the US was down 16 basis points, two-year down 13 basis points, and Australian bond yields dropped as well by 15 basis points and 16 basis points. The NASDAQ was up 1.6%. I don't see that as terribly convincing. Often at big market pivot points, you get very sharp starts. So you might have seen the NASDAQ. If the NASDAQ had been up 5%, we'd go all in. That's the bottom. It's up 1.6%. Little bit benign, but I have the feeling that some of these macro moments like a good CPI number or a good jobs number or a Fed message change, and there seems to be a Fed message change here, some of these macro moments that appear or end up being significant in hindsight, which this could, do take a while to filter into the asset allocation of the big asset allocation meetings of the big fund managers sitting in their ivory towers in Europe, London, New York, Singapore, and we've seen it before where there's a bit of a market reaction. It's obviously very short term. The US market's had two hours to absorb this. But in the medium term, some of these things, as I say, before you start moving billions of dollars around, you need to have a chat with your colleagues. You're not going to do that in two hours. So if there is a material change in attitude caused by this Fed meeting, it will take a while to flow through and a trend will develop. So going now, buying 
saying anything now is a little bit like a leap of faith. And I've got Harrison Ford taking the leap of faith in Indiana Jones as the picture in my section today. To buy now is obviously a bit short term. It's for it's in the red zone. It's in the traders zone. Higher risk appetite, more active people, people who have got a selling discipline can buy now. I've got all those. So we're buying a few things in the ideas portfolio. And one of the things or two of the things that go hand in hand with a pivot point would be at this point, the US dollar coming off. It only dropped 0.3% overnight, but I see this morning it's coming off again. So this could be a turning point in the US dollar and therefore a turning point in the Aussie dollar. So Aussie dollar could start going up. It's back over 64 cents at the moment, 64.30. That's up 0.6% today. So that's quite a big move on the Aussie dollar today. So a pivot point in the dollar, US dollar index is also an indicator that maybe a material bottom has been hit. And also you'd expect to see the VIX volatility index come off the top. It was down 7% overnight. That's not actually a very large move, but it is going in the right direction anyway. So a few of the indicators I pointed out in the newsletter a week or two ago, a few of the indicators going in the right direction now. And that's excuse an excuse enough for us to have a trade at least. I'm still in cash in the strategy portfolio. Let's just see if this lasts more than one or two days. You don't want the whole momentum change to be killed off by this jobs number coming up on Friday, which could obviously happen. But I do think people have gone glass half full with this Fed meeting and are prepared to listen or look out for or have a cognitive bias to the positive now, which could mean this develops into a trend. So happy to take the leap of faith today. Lots of stuff in my section, a few more details on the Fed meeting, a few quotes from strategists, and all of them saying, yes, it's less hawkish. But one strategist states the thing we all know, which is if inflation reverses, obviously they're not done. And we know that and there's a risk of that. The stock market's only ever about probabilities, not certainties. But this Fed meeting is suggesting to us that in the Fed's head, at least they've done enough. Things may change there but done enough. So the starter's gun may have gone off. We might finally be there on interest rates. The peak may finally be in. Been waiting for it all year and getting it wrong all year. So maybe it's finally here. Not utterly convinced by a 16 basis point drop in the 10-year bond yield in the US. But if that's down another 16 basis points tonight, that's more than one rate rise in two days. And that will start to pass the message, yes, rates have peaked and that they're now going to let real-world interest rates do the job without the need for official rates to rise further. So what are we doing about it? I have listed that if you are in the red zone, a higher risk appetite trader, make sure you're also a disciplined seller. No good being a trader if the only thing you're any good at is buying. If you are a buyer, what do you buy? And I can tell you we've been doing our portfolio assessments, the income and growth portfolios in the newsletter. And there is lot. There are lots of stocks which you could be adding longer term: Woolworths, Coles, CSL, ResMed, REITs, Transurban, APA, all sort of quality stocks. But they're all pretty boring. Although CSL and ResMed are interesting, and I see them performing well today. ResMed, in particular, clearly traders are going to focus on stocks that are oversold, and ResMed and CSL are two of those. Just to depart for a minute, Goldman Sachs had a bit of research 
out, I think yesterday, and they talked about one of the sharpest D ratings in the healthcare sector for the past 20 years. A sell-off, they say, is overdone. And they say that is providing one of the better entry opportunities in the sector in a long time. And of the stocks that traded over a 20% discount to their historical multiples, CUV, ResMed and CSL offer the most favorable price for growth. So Henry's added ResMed today. I haven't. But Henry prepared to have a crack. Not quite a smaller company's stock, but there you go. So what else do you buy? Well, the obvious sector, if you're talking about interest rates and bond yields coming off the top and interest rates peaking out, is the technology sector, growth stocks. We don't have a very well-developed tech sector here, but you can pretty much guarantee you're going to see rises in SQ2, Zero, Wise Tech, Next, DC, Illumina, TNE. Those are our biggest stocks. But I would far prefer probably to play that through lower volatility tech-based ETFs. And you know, we've had a great trade earlier this year in FANG and NDQ. And so I am adding to the ideas portfolio today some exposures to the US, to tech. I wouldn't really be bothering with the Australian market. It seems resources are going to be at the back of the party if there is a turnaround in the market. And I wouldn't be now buying gold as everybody goes risk on rather than risk off. And energy seems to be a bit of a busted flush as well as the oil price drops quite sharply. So resources uh, back of the pack. So I wouldn't really be playing the Australian market. Plus our other big sector, the banks, should do rather well. And I'm prepared to add a bank to the ideas portfolio today. Should do well, but it's going to be slow moving. So the real action is going to be in the US in big tech if we take on board peak rates. So in the ideas portfolio, I'm adding FANG, that old chestnut, HNDQ. If this is right and US rates are coming off the top, the US dollar will come down. As people go risk on rather than risk off, the US dollar should come down. So the Aussie dollar should go up. So I'm buying the hedged NASDAQ ETF, HNDQ, which will go up more if the Aussie dollar goes up rather than NDQ, but you could buy either. It really doesn't matter too much. But for choice, for the one that goes up more when the Aussie dollar goes up. So FANG, HNDQ, and IHVV, which is the S&P 500 ETF, again, hedged the Aussie dollar, IHVV or IVV, both the same really, the currency if the Aussie dollar goes right. So that's FANG, HNDQ, IHVV. Some of you might also be interested in GGUS, GGUS, which is the better shares geared US equity fund that's geared to the S&P 500. Probably should have done that instead of just the S&P 500. But anyway, haven't done that. So GGUS you could do as well. And I think that'll cover it for markets, as I say, not buying an Australian market, buying the US market for this. The Nasdaq's down about 15% or so due a relief rally anyway. Other sectors you'd buy if the market was going to go up and if interest rates have peaked. The most obvious one to me is the REIT sector. One of our lovely members emailed me the other day saying GPT is down 25%. What's going on? The whole REIT sector is down 15% in two months. 15% in two months. This is a really boring sector has dropped significantly in two months and is suddenly all over the technical signals section with buy signals. So REITs, I am buying an ETF that represents the ASX 200 REITs. That's called SLF. SLF is the Spider S&P ASX 200 listed property fund. And I'm also going to add, just to keep our member happy, I'm going to add GPT, which as I say, is down even more than the sector and is a quality stock. So REITs, the housing sector should also appreciate if interest rates are peaking out. 
out, it's obviously going to be ages until we get interest rate cuts and the RBA are even expected to raise rates next Tuesday. So I wouldn't get too carried away with the housing sector. But I did like the idea of buying something that sort of mixes tech and housing. So I've bought Domain Holdings, DHG. They're down from about $4.30 to recently got to about $3.40, currently $3.60. So even if that got back on trend, you could see a 10-20% gain. So DHG for housing and a little tech colouring. The banks, if the market's going to go up, you might now actually make some money buying the banks for their results and dividends coming up. So Westpac, ANZ and NAB have got dividends coming up and results coming up. And the sector is off its highs, middle to bottomish end of the range. I just think if the market's going to go up, they're going to rally a bit. Got dividends coming up. I wouldn't be buying Macquarie. Macquarie have got results tomorrow. And if Goldman Sachs and Morgan Stanley are anything to go by, they are a risk. So I wouldn't be buying Macquarie today. At some point, we might look at buying stock market stocks. If the if this is a material pivot point and the market starts to go up, then we can look at stock market stocks, fund, man- fund managers, other financials, but not yet. So if you wanted to buy banks to try and get the dividends coming up, yes, you're more encouraged to do so as the market peers or has the chance of going up. In the ideas portfolio, I haven't bought the stocks with dividends coming up. I have bought the CBA just as a bank sector proxy. You can't really buy the bank sector. There are bank ETFs. There is M M for Marcus, VB for the beer. MVB is the Van Eck Australian Bank ETF. But I'm not buying that. I prefer the CBA, best quality bank in the sector. And even though it doesn't have results, I don't take the risk on results. So adding CBA to the ideas portfolio. The other stocks that should go up are risk on stocks, which is things like lithium, but I'm not buying lithium stocks. The sector appears to be royally stuffed at the moment and will be until the enthusiasm for electric vehicle demand and production returns. And that doesn't seem to be there and until the lithium price goes up. But you can see as risk appetite rises, the volatile oversold stuff can bounce. So you'll probably see lithium stocks do a bit better for a period of time. I mentioned ResMed and CSL. The small ordinaries in index is also at multi-year lows. If the market lifts, small or small stocks should do a bit better. I'm not bothering to buy a small ordinaries index. It's a slow moving index. And there you go. In the Marcus Take section today, I have given you my list of the most obvious ETFs. These are ETFs that you might look at, most of which are passive. And I've filtered out a lot of them to ETFs that you would consider in various sectors. Have a look at those. I've highlighted the blue ones. I've highlighted in blue the ETFs you might be buying if you thought the market was going up and interest rates. So have a look at that. Net result, you will find in my section all our new trades bought on the open prices. Sorry if they've gone up again since it's not intended. I've got to nail a price that people can refer to. So I've done it on the opening prices today and bought FANG, HNDQ, LNAS, IHVV, SLF, GPT, DHG and CBA still holding Qantas and Telstra and today I'm selling Northern Star NST which is our our gold stock. I just think gold the the Israeli conflict's drifting into the background. I think gold will hit a wall and get left out as people go risk on rather than risk off. So just getting rid of that trade today I think we have made a few percent which is good. Have a look at Henry's section today. Uranium stocks in focus. Graphite as well. He's added a 
bit more to LTR. What are you doing, Henry? At one stage or another, I'm sure the lithium enthusiasm will return, but not happening at the moment. Down 13% in a week, a lot more than that in a month. Lots of other stuff in Henry's take. In technical signals, Qantas buy signals, AMP trying to find a bottom, CSL still oversold, and AKE just plummeting at the moment, down 45% from the top now. And Transurban, again, another quality stock with a buy signal, slow moving quality stock. And there you go, been a bit busy today to read what's been going on elsewhere in the market. Let's have a quick look. Our market up 83 points at the moment, has been up 90 at best. Stocks on the move, CSR down 1.6%, and it's AGM today. Janice Henderson, UK company, delisting up 2.5% today. Sayona Mining, new lithium hits up 6.5.6%. Origin shares down 2.2%. Australian Super rejects the bid for Origin. Australian dollar over 64 cents. Bitcoin at a 17-month high. City upgrading their iron ore price forecast. They did that yesterday, actually. And that's about that. Some of the best performers today at the big end, zero. If you have a look at the PE on zero, 615 times, 80% above intrinsic value. No value there, but obviously tech is running. So zero up 4.6%. REA, much like my DHG idea, up 4.4% housing and tech. Wise Tech up 4.3%. All these ridiculously expensive tech stocks doing well today. ResMed, there you go. Buyers in there, up 3.8%. GMG, REITs doing well today. In fact, the sector's up 3% today. IT sector's up 3.65% today. But REITs, you've got GMG up 3.2%. Centre Group up 3.0%. Car sales up 2.8%. James Hardy up 3%. And then the banks absolutely flying today. That's what's driving the market. ANZ up 2.4%. Westpac up 2%. NAB up 2%. CBA up 1.6%. BHP and Rio back of the pack. 1% up and 0.7% up. CSL only up 1.2%. GPT, VCX, all REITs. Mervac all up over 3% today. Seek up 3%. There's another tech company doing well here. Altium as well. Oh, domain Holdings up 4.2%. I am a genius. Nickel Industries up 3.9%. Two brokers had buy recommendations on that yesterday. Megaport recovering up 3.2%. Stocks going nowhere. Bunch of gold stocks. Dominoes. Liontown Resources down again. Evolution Mining. Gold stock. And Computer Share. They put it in the Alltech Index. Why? Down 1.1% today. Woodside down a percent as well. Energy getting left behind. Origin Energy down 3.3%. And Northern Star, which I've sold today, down 1.7% today. Right, that's enough waffle. That's not waffle. That's genius insight, Marcus. Macquarie results tomorrow. Coles AGM, Qantas AGM, which we hold. US jobs numbers tomorrow night. Westpac results, NAB results, ANZ results coming up on November the 6th, 9th, and 13th. Dow futures up 42. Do it better than that. NASDAQ futures up 56. That's up 0.4%. Bond yield still going down. US 10-year bond yield down another five basis points. Maybe this will happen. Aussie 10-year bond yield down 2.8 basis points. All good. Let's hope it lasts. It was a leap of faith today. See if this jobs number on Friday hurls us into the abyss or whether we finally find our footing. Oh, 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 oh,